Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I'm your host, Charlie James. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. I sure would appreciate it. You'll get all of the updates and information about new episodes that come out. And we'll be doing this uh, every day. It's going to be a short little podcast, about 15 minutes per day, maybe a little bit more at times, but make sure you tune in. And also make sure you tune in each weekday, 3 to 7, on News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas, for my program. You don't want to miss that as well. You know, there's an ancient Middle Eastern saying that says, when the camel's nose is in the tent, the camel is in the tent. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you that the camel is in the tent here in South Carolina, and that camel's name is ESG. ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance Score. That's right, it is here. Now, in case you don't know what ESG is, the Environmental, Social, and Governance Score, that was actually first coined by the United Nations Global Compact in 2005 during the tenure of the late United Nations Secretary General Kofi Annan. And what it says is that your company, your business, you personally, your funds, your money, everything that you that comes in contact with you on a daily basis has to maintain a certain ESG score. That means they're environmentally conscious. That's right. They're carbon neutral, if possible. Their social score, well, they believe in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And of course, the governance score. That means they're good little soldiers for the government. Now, what does that have to do with you? Well, it gets a little bit complicated. Because pretty soon, it's going to come to your garage. It's going to come to your home. It's going to come to everything that you come in contact with. So let's say you've got a gas stove at home. Oh, that's a big X. Let's say you like to keep your thermostat at 72 degrees. Oh, that's another X. Let's say you've got a gas-powered lawnmower and you mow your grass twice a week. Holy mackerel, you are really going down in the ESG score. Now, eventually, what they will do as soon as they get control of your car with an electric vehicle, which we will talk about coming up, and once they get uh, in charge of your thermostat, and once they are in charge of everything about your life, if your ESG score is too low, well, they just simply shut off your services. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, you've driven too much this week. Oh, no, I'm sorry, you have used your gas stove too many times this week. Oh, I'm sorry, too many hot showers or you've been comfortable for far too long. We're going to cut off your services. That's coming soon and sooner than you think. But for right now, it seems like they're really using ESG scores as far as money funds. That's right, where you invest your money, where your state invests their money. So say you're a state and you really believe in the ESG scores and you are looking for somewhere to invest. Well, there's one fund that really gets a great rate of return. You are going to make a really good rate of return if you invest in this fund, but uh uh-oh, their ESG score isn't quite up to par. Well, look over here. There's another fund that doesn't give you a good or even a moderate rate of return, but their ESG scores are through the roof. What a lot of state governments are doing these days, they're going with the fund with the good ESG score, even though it means you're not going to get as good a rate of return. 
Does that sound smart to you? It certainly doesn't sound smart to me. But then again, it is government. When was the last time they really did anything smart? Speaking of that, well, it's here in South Carolina. Now, there is a bill out there that will prevent us from using ESG scores in our investing here in South Carolina, but that doesn't mean the camel's nose isn't in the tent. It is. Recently, there was a huge deal with Volkswagen to bring Scout Motors to South Carolina. That's right. Volkswagen, the German car manufacturer, wanted to come to South Carolina. But there was a problem. Our ESG score, well, it just wasn't quite high enough for the Germans. So what did they do? They demanded that we pass a bill. And the bill was the Hate Crimes Act. I think you all remember when both of these things happened. We're talking about, what, $1.7 billion to Volkswagen, $400 million in cash? That was all going to be ripped away if we didn't pass a hate crimes bill. But there was more to it. This hate crimes bill also had to include gender language. It had to. Now, if you were paying attention at the time, you would notice that this hate crimes bill raced through our state legislature at an unprecedented rate. It seemed like it was done virtually overnight. And there's a reason for that. Because if we did not have a hate crimes bill, and if that hate crimes bill did not include gender language, it was a big no from Volkswagen. That's right. The hate crimes bill that now codifies gender language into our state law was demanded by Volkswagen to come here. Not only that, they're also getting $1.7 billion, including $400 million for infrastructure. However, the wording says that they can use it for anything they want. I mean, as I was talking with John Warren the other day, he said, give me $400 million. I'll create some jobs. Absolutely. Anybody could. This is, I, I, this is such an unbelievable turn of events that we have here in South Carolina. It is almost sickening to watch. These people who claim to be against ESG literally bent over backwards and kissed the rear end of Volkswagen to pass this bill with gender language, and that was by request of Volkswagen, in order to come here. Oh, there's so much more going on. We're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode of the podcast, but it's really amazing at how quickly things can get done here in South Carolina. I mean, you guys know we've been trying to close our primaries for years. We've been trying, we've tried to have constitutional carry here in South Carolina for years. None of that got done. But Volkswagen clicked their heels together and we've got a hate crimes bill here in South Carolina that says uh, if you commit a crime against someone, what really matters is how you felt about the person you committed against. It's all about how you thought when you committed the crime. Oh, brother. And this is coming from a supposedly conservative state legislature. Doesn't sound too conservative to me. So what exactly is Volkswagen getting from this deal? We'll tell you about that coming up. 
Well, we already know that in order for Volkswagen to bring Scout Motors here, we had to sign a hate crimes bill, and it had to include gendered language. But what did they promise? Oh, they absolutely promised the moon. 4,000 jobs, imagine that, adding to the South Carolina economy. In fact, there's a lot of uh, uh, people in our state legislature that really use that as a battering ram to get this deal done. A deal, by the way, that nobody had seen. In fact, I don't know anyone who has seen the final bill. They were given some sort of a rough draft or a synopsis of what the deal was going to be like. But these people in our state legislature, the people that are supposed to be in control of our money, did not have access to the details of the agreement with Volkswagen to bring Scout here. That seems a little suspicious to me. I mean, just the thought of 4,000 jobs coming in, it certainly had to be something more than that, right? Well, that was one of the things that was uh, said. I believe it was by Representative Michael, uh, Micah Kasky, who, when someone in the um, South Carolina Freedom Caucus questioned the bill, he said, what, you don't like American jobs? What a straw man argument that was. You don't like American jobs, so therefore you are anti-American if you vote against this bill. You're anti-South Carolinian if you vote against this agreement. When actually, it's quite the opposite. Because now that more details are coming out, we're finding out that this is not the best thing for South Carolina. And it's certainly not the best thing for the little town of Blythewood. We'll tell you about that in just a second. But before we do that, we have to get back into the roots, the history of Volkswagen to see kind of exactly how they operate. Now, we all know that Volkswagen translates into English as people's car. The original Volkswagen, the Beetle, was designed by Ferdinand Porsche, and he's got the original design. And we all know that it was uh, commissioned by Adolf Hitler. There were only about 400 of these cars actually made. 400 originally and those cars were given to high-ranking members of the Reichstag now for the average German you had to go upon a savings plan much like S&H green stamps you got a book and each week you would go in and you would buy a stamp and you would put that stamp in the book When you got enough stamps that equaled, um, uh, I believe, uh, 990 Deutschmarks, then you got your Volkswagen. But you better not miss a payment. You better not miss. Because if you did, you had to start all over again. Well, there were some people that did fill out those books, that did have all the stamps required. Did they get their Volkswagen? No, they did not. It was a scam. Oh, were the cars real? Yes, they were. Were they available for the average German? No, they were not. This was just a means, a way of funding Adolf Hitler's war machine, in which he decided one day that he was simply going to go to war with the world. And the German people fell for it. So, how does that translate to today? Well, Sort of like the way they're promising everything in the little town of Blythewood. Oh, it's going to be a grand and glorious place, isn't it? They're already talking. It blew my mind this week when we found out 
that the day that this bill or this agreement was passed by our state legislature, immediately, immediately, road projects were put into place. Folks, you've lived here in South Carolina for quite a while now, as have I. And we all know nothing gets done overnight, especially road projects. But when you look at Blythewood, they've already began construction on some of these, uh, some of this infrastructure that was required to bring the deal here from Volkswagen. They've all, you and I can't get this done. If you, if you want a, a, a pothole filled in your neighborhood, good luck with that. If there's a pothole on I-85, well, you're just going to have to drive around it for a little while until we can get there. But when Volkswagen, again, clicks their heels, things get done. And it's pretty amazing to watch how much these folks are bending over backwards for Volkswagen. $200 million for soil stabilization, because we know the uh, soil in Blythewood is primarily sand. $400 million for infrastructure. However, the caveat there is they can do with it whatever they want. It doesn't have to be for infrastructure. Total bill to the South Carolina taxpayer, everything included, $1.7 billion. $1.7 billion for the promise of 4,000 new jobs. Well, recently, I think it was back in May, in a town hall meeting in Blythewood, we found out that it really wasn't going to be 4,000 jobs. What we found out it was going to be was more like 400 jobs. Just imagine that. $1.7 billion in exchange for 4,000 hundred South Carolina jobs. Oh, the other jobs, they're going to go to folks from Germany who are going to be moving into the area and they're going to be buying homes. And that's going to create, according to the, uh, the town council there in Blythewood, that's going to make people's property taxes go up or property value go up. And as soon as the property value goes up, we all know what's coming next. The taxes are not far behind. Yes, it's going to happen you're going to have a tax increase in Blythewood. I mean, we're already getting a de facto tax increase just by paying $1.7 billion to a company who's going to come here to try to make money. Try to make money. Because you see, EV sales are moving at a snail's pace. It's not really the most sought-after vehicle on the market right now, is it? No, it's not. That should scare you. We all know if you drive through Graniteville or, or, or anywhere in, in, in Midland Valley in South Carolina, and you look around at those old mill towns that used to be bustling and thriving when the textile uh, mills were here, even here in the upstate, when the, when the textile mills were here, it was a thriving community until the textile mills decided they could get cheaper labor somewhere else. So they literally packed up their tents, and left town, leaving entire communities impoverished and devastated. I believe that's what's going to happen in Blythewood. As soon as Volkswagen figures out they can make this car cheaper somewhere else, they're gone. After all, what is their loyalty to the community? There is none. Even though this community is basically being uprooted to bring them here, Roundabout after roundabout are going to be installed. New roads, bypasses. 
And who's going to dictate how, when, and where things happen? The folks at Volkswagen. Man, they've sure got a lot of power. And that brings us back to ESG and the camel's nose. Because you see, like I said, Volkswagen, very big into ESG. That means every contract that they sign, that company is going to have to have a high enough ESG score. So all you companies out there that are looking to possibly be a vendor of Volkswagen, might want to check yourself. Make sure you're environmentally conscious. Make sure your workforce is diverse enough. And by all means, make sure that you're good little government soldiers or you can forget those contracts. This is the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you on the radio. I'm Charlie James.